let me encourage you about, I wanted to talk to you for just a minute about your giving. We are very grateful for your support of Tulia Christian Fellowship. And you know, we use that money for teens. We use that money for kids ministry. Uh, we use it for men's ministry, family ministry. We're doing all kinds of things. And we're very grateful. And I hope we say that enough. Because if we don't, I want you to know how thankful we are. And those of you who faithfully give, we're grateful. I'd like to take a minute and just maybe talk to some of you. If there's anybody here tonight and you struggle with giving or you don't give, I, I just want to encourage you, okay? I just want to encourage you. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Acts that there was a Roman centurion, a soldier, and his name was Cornelius. And uh, he wasn't a Jew. He wasn't a Christian. But it says in the Bible that he gave to God financially and he prayed. And one day an angel appeared to him <clears throat> in his home, a, 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 appeared, and the angel said, listen, Cornelius, your giving and your prayers have gone before God. Your giving and your prayers have gone before God. Listen, when you give into the kingdom of God, it goes before God. When you pray, it goes before God. Amen? And so I want to encourage you. And if you struggle with giving, listen, uh, just make a decision to, to be a giver. Don't miss out on what God's doing. Listen, I know people who are multimillionaires. And I know multimillionaires who have died, and they did not put a nickel into the kingdom of God. And their money went to all kinds of different things, but they didn't, do, they didn't sow anything into eternity. Listen, when you give in church, you're giving and sowing into eternity, and the Bible says you'll receive a harvest. Amen? All right, I want to do one more thing. I'd like to pray tonight for the Ukraine. I want to pray for Russia, and I want to pray for the believers that are in those two countries. And so if you would just close your eyes with me, <clears throat> and let's pray together. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I want to pray first off for the United States of America, for our leaders. God, you said that if we would pray for our leaders, that we could lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. Father, would you give our leaders wisdom? God, I know you're not a Democrat. I know you're not a Republican. I know you're way bigger than all that. But God, you said to pray, and that's what we want to do. Right here in Tulia Christian Fellowship, we pray for our president. We pray for our leaders. We pray for the people that advise him, and that, God, you would give them wisdom. God, I want to pray for the Christians that are in the Ukraine, the Christians that are in Russia, for the churches in those nations, the pastors in those nations. And God, we pray your grace on our brothers and sisters. Lord, we don't speak their language. We don't know their customs. We'll probably never step foot in their country. But God, we pray for them because they are our brothers and sisters. <clears throat> God, I pray your grace on the body of Christ in Russia, your grace on the body of Christ in the Ukraine, and that, God, you move in those two nations. And, Lord, you would bring peace, you would bring grace and strength. And, Father, I'm thankful for it tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for praying with me and believing God with me. We've been talking about the prophetic word that Chuck Pierce gave at Trinity Fellowship at the beginning of the year. And when you hear the word prophetic, what I want you to think about is a future promise, okay? God promised that Jesus would come, and he did. Listen, God keeps his word. He doesn't sometimes keep his word. He always keeps his word. And when God says he's going to do something, 
when he makes a promise and something hasn't happened yet, it's a prophecy. Now, what have we found out? 25% of the Bible <clears throat> is prophetic. 25% of the Bible is promises that God has given about the future. And a lot of those have already come to pass. Okay, what, what, what promises did we know? Well, we know that God promised Jesus would come. All of those have been fulfilled because he has come. Okay, there are promises that Jesus will come a second time. In fact, there's over 300 promises, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Bible that promised Jesus would come the first time and that he'll come the second time. And what have we found out? We live in between those two events. Jesus came the first time and he is going to come the second time. The Bible is a prophetic book. God is a prophetic God. Listen, every one of us in here are a prophetic people. What does that mean? That means we have a future. Listen, we know this life is not all there is. Amen? There is an eternity to gain, and eternity compared to now is much longer. You and I have a future. I have a future. The moment you made Jesus Christ your Savior, you have a promised future from God. And that's what it means to be prophetic. And so I just I want to simply <clears throat> help you understand that. Listen, what do we find out? Biblical prophecy brings hope. Now, there's a lot of crazy things going on in the news right now with the Ukraine and with Russia, and you can get on any news channel. It doesn't matter what you get on, and that's all they're talking about. You can get up at 3 in the morning and turn it on, and that's what they're talking about, and you feed on that stuff, and you can get discouraged. You can be afraid, and you can think all kinds of things. Listen, God has a plan, and it's a good plan, and he owns the bat and the ball, and we win. Okay, you're on a team, and the, and the coach is God. And he owns the ball and bat, and we win. Amen? Yeah, we're not going to lose. The devil loses, not us. So I want you to be encouraged tonight and not be fearful because you and I have hope and you and I have a future. Let me show you the next thing <clears throat> that Chuck Pierce said. This is so good. You're going to be so ministered. I've been so encouraged by this. Here's what he said. The voice coming out of your house. The voice coming out of your house. Now, he doesn't mean the physical building you live in, your home. He means your family. Okay, when you think about your family, what voice is coming out of your house? What are you saying about your family? What are you saying about your future? What are you saying? Listen to it again. The voice coming out of your house, you determine the rule of your future. Now, I want to read to you tonight in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. We're talking about what are you saying about your life? What are you saying about your family, your marriage, your kids, your grandkids? Listen to what it says in Romans 10, 9, and 10. This is the NIV. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, we teach that in Power Kids every single week. You know how you make God's word real in your life? You say it out your mouth. When the Jews would read the Bible, they always read it out loud. Now, what are we taught in the West? Well, I was taught to read silently. You were too. And, and the faster you read, you know, you don't read out loud because it slows you down. So if you want to read faster, you read silently, and there's nothing wrong with that. And you can even read the Bible silently. I'm not saying you can't ever do that. But the way you make God's word real in your life is you read it out loud. 
What I just read to you says that you have to say with your mouth, Jesus is my Lord. Then you believe it in your heart. Do you see that two-step process? See, you can't just believe it and not say it, and you can't say it and not believe it. You got to do both. And the Bible says the moment you did that, you became a born-again Christian. You became a child of God. Are you with me? You were made right with God at that moment. Now, listen to what it says. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, what will happen? Well, you'll be saved. You'll be a Christian. Heaven is your home. If you've done that, you're born again. That's what the Bible says. Now, listen to the next sentence. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess or confess your faith and are saved. Now, here's what I want you to see. This is a very simple, powerful, basic verse on making Jesus your Savior. But it's talking about what you say with your mouth. Here's what Chuck Pierce said. Chuck Pierce said, what voice is coming out of your home? You determine the rule of your future with your words. So here's what he's saying that I want to convey to you. What have you been speaking over your life? What have you been saying over your life? See, a lot of times when you talk about confession, you know what most Christians think? Confession of sin. And there's nothing wrong with a confession of sin. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Listen, I believe in keeping a short list. Now, what does that mean? That means when you do something wrong and you know you've done it, go to the Father and say, God, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I acted that way. Please forgive me. Keep short lists with God and keep short lists with people. What do you mean? Don't hold grudges. Don't hold grudges with people. Man, make it right in your own heart and do it quickly. Okay, it's, it's good to confess your sin, but that's not the only kind of confession the Bible talks about. I'm talking about confessing the promises of God, confessing your identity in Christ. Hey, man, my family's blessed. Hey, my marriage is strong and healthy. Hey, my kids are blessed. Man, my kids have favorite school. They like my kids at school. The teacher likes my kids. Hey, my kids are blessed at work. Hey, God's taking care of my grandkids. You see the difference? Instead of, oh, man, you know, nothing good ever happens to us, man. You know, we're from the wrong family. We're the wrong color. We got the wrong last name. We live on the wrong side of the tracks. You know, old so-and-so downtown, they don't like us. Man, you know old Judge Keeter, he doesn't like us, right? You know that sheriff, he don't like us. See the difference? And I know you've heard people do that, haven't you? Man, haven't you? I've heard people say that. Man, you know Sheriff McCaslin, man, he don't like our family. Well, if you quit being a criminal, he might like them, amen? <laughs> Come on. So all I'm saying is, now, and, and I'm, I know that's funny, but it, it hurts to hear it, doesn't it? What voice is coming out of your house? Let me read you another verse, Proverbs 18, 21. This is very simple. The power, excuse me, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Can I ask you a question? Have you been speaking life out of your mouth, or have you been speaking death? Have you been complaining, or have you been talking about how blessed you are and how good God is? What did we talk about last week? Find a promise in the Word from God. How do you do it? Get on Google, look it up. Hey, uh, give me a verse on healing, and then you confess that promise. You say, hey, God, thank you. <clears throat> you sent your Word and healed me and redeemed me and delivered me from destruction. 
Okay, life and death. Listen, your words matter. What you say matters. What's the biggest lie ever told? Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Everybody in this room has been hurt by words. Have you not? Everybody in this room has been hurt by words. Words hurt. Words bring pain or words bring blessing. Amen? So Chuck Pierce is saying, what words are you saying? What's coming out of your mouth concerning your house and your family? We talked about this a few weeks ago, really months ago. Your mountain needs to hear your voice. Your mountain needs to hear your voice. What's your mountain tonight? Is it finances? Is it health? Is it healing? Do you need, do you need surgery? Uh, do you need something to change in your life? Is it, is it your kids, your grandkids? What mountains are you facing? As you're going down the road of life and you look out ahead on your horizon, what mountains are ahead of you that you think, man, we got to get over that. We got to fix it. We got to get it right. What is it? That mountain needs to hear your voice. If it's healing, you start declaring that God's grace is on you and you're healed. If it's finances, you start saying, Father, I thank you that you meet all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God, you take care of us. What voice is coming out of your house? You determine your future with your mouth. I heard a pastor say not very long ago online, there's no such thing as a dead-end job. You ever heard anybody say that? Man, I got this dead-end job. I hate it. I'm not going anywhere. There's no such thing as a dead-end job. How do you say that, Pastor? Because the Bible says that if you'll be faithful and little, God will make you ruler over much. So there's no such thing as a dead-end job. What does that mean? That means is you're faithful to God in your job. He'll promote you until you can't be promoted there anymore, and then he'll move you someplace better. He'll move you someplace different. There is no such thing as a dead-end job. You do your job as unto the Lord, and what will God do? He'll promote you. And the Bible says promotion doesn't come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Oh, man, I got that sorry boss, and, you know, he's not a Christian, and he's not, you know, he don't care about me, and I work hard, and I need a raise, and he never notices me. No, 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 God notices. God promised he would take care of you. Isn't that good news? See, it's not about my boss. It's about what God and I are doing. All right, so what does he say? He says, you determine your future, your mountain needs to hear your voice. Here's the next thing. Declare God's grace over your bloodline. Declare God's grace over your bloodline. My last name is Gray. And I have, my dad's last name is Gray, and he has a family, and I have a bloodline on my dad's side. And when I say this out my mouth, Father, I speak your grace over my bloodline. That hits every aunt, uncle, cousin, niece, nephew. It hits people that I don't even know that are down that bloodline. God wants you to declare his grace over your bloodline. My son-in-law is from the Ortiz family and the Ramirez family. And I declare God's grace over the Ortiz family, and I declare God's grace over the Ramirez family. Do you realize that's two-thirds of the population of Tulia? 
Amen. Amen. I mean, that's just about everybody, right? I mean, there's a few, there's a few white folk in town that aren't a Ramirez in the Northeast, but pretty much everybody else, it covers them. It's powerful when you do that instead of the other way. You know, they're a bunch of sorry, no good so-and-sos. You know, old so-and-so. Don't do that. Declare God's grace over your bloodline. God's grace over the Ramirez bloodline. God's grace over the gray bloodline. God's grace. Think about it. You declare God's grace over your bloodline. Here's the next thing. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Now, don't let that throw you. I don't want it to throw you. I'm not talking about being a super Christian. I'm not talking about being weird. I'm not talking about you got to read your Bible eight hours a day. I don't mean that. Listen, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of you, and He's speaking to you all the time, and all I want to do is encourage you to be aware of it and be sensitive to it. Let me show you two verses. John 16, 13. Listen to what this says. But when He, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but he will speak what he hears, and he'll tell you what is yet to come. Now, let me explain it to you. Okay, Jesus rose from the dead, and he ascended to heaven, and he's seated right now at the right hand of God. When he ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, came to the earth, and he's here on the earth right now, the Holy Spirit. Now, listen to it again. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes. All right, he's already come. He's here. He'll guide you into all truth. Now, let me, oh, this is so good. You got to hang on to this. What does that mean? Well, it means when you read your Bible, he'll help you understand it. That's what it means, number one. Number two, when you hear truth, he'll help you understand truth. He won't speak of his own, which means he doesn't have his own agenda. Do you ever get around people and they have their agenda and they want their agenda to be your agenda? Yeah, that's not how the Holy Spirit operates. See, the only agenda he has is God's agenda. So you can always listen to him and trust him. He only speaks what he hears, talking about from God, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Now, here's what I'm saying. You can trust the Holy Spirit. Just be sensitive to that inner voice, that inner witness, and it's the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of you. And you have a right to be led by the Spirit of God, and you already are more than you realize. You already are. You know how I know? Because you're here. Folks, it's Thursday night, right? I mean, I bet most of you worked all day. Uh, I bet you got things you could be doing at home. I mean, you got things going on. But something tugged on you, and you came to church. Amen? And some of you didn't even realize today. You weren't going through your day thinking, man, it's church night. It's church night. Something happened. Somebody said something. You saw something. But you got this tug. You know what that was? The Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit. So I, you're already, can I just encourage you, you're already being led by the Spirit of God or you would not be here. So be encouraged. Let me give you another verse. I love this. This is Jeremiah 33, 3. Okay, I'm about to give you God's phone number. Anybody here want God's phone number? I do. You, you want God's phone number? You probably had it for a while, haven't you? I know you have. Amen. Yeah, what, what's God's phone number? It's Jeremiah 33, 3. We teach this to the kids and power kids. Listen to this. Call me, and I'll answer you. That's God's phone number. Hey, hey, give me a call, and I'll answer you. Don't you love that? God always picks up. I said he always picks up. He doesn't put you on hold. You don't go to voicemail. 
I mean, lately, have you ever, you know, I tried to call, uh, I can't even remember who it was now. Have you ever tried to call uh, the cable company and talk to anybody? Holy sweet Jesus, sudden link. I mean, they are full of the devil. And you get 17 recordings, and you never get a live person. And this call may be recorded for quality, and that's when I want to start cussing. And I don't now. I don't, okay? But... Right, and and you know, don't you know what I'm talking about exactly? Okay, we got a we got a message on Vicky's phone today, and it says this is uh, one of the uh, XL. This is XL Energy, and you haven't paid your bill, and we're cutting your utilities off today. Well, we're like losing our minds, all right? So so we tried to get online and talk to them, and we never did talk to anybody. And I finally just hung up the phone in frustration, and I called the city, and here they answered, and it was somebody that knew me. And they said, what are you doing, Pastor? And I said, well, man, the energy company called and said they're going to cut off my electricity today. And, and this woman said, Pastor, that's a scam. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And I bet when I hung up, they all started laughing, right? <laughs> pastor just called and thinks they're going to turn off his power. He, you, man, if you need money, call Pastor. He'll help you, right? Oh, I was so nervous. All right. Yeah, I, and that's what I love. I love that, you know, Pastor. That's a scam. Okay, bye. <laughs> you know, it's like when I go in the lumberyard and, I, and I'm going to buy a tool of some kind and I take it to the counter and they'll always say, Pastor, what are you doing? Well, I'm working on something. No, Pastor, no. They think I can't fix nothing, you know? I mean, it's like, you go put that back. We'll send somebody over to your house and fix it for you. I mean, so that's how I felt, okay? All right, listen, God said, don't miss this. This is good. Call me and I'll answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things which you don't know. You know what Jesus said? You have not because you ask not. Listen, start asking God for what you need. That's God's phone number. What are we talking about? We're talking about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 33, 3, call me and I'll answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things which you know not. Let me give you the next thing Chuck Pierce said. He said it's a time of harvest. A time of harvest. Listen to Matthew 9, 37. He said to his disciples... The harvest truly is plentiful, talking about people that don't know Jesus, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. Listen, Chuck Pierce said, and the Bible says that it's harvest. Now, what does that, what does that mean? That means that your friends and your family and the people you love that don't know Jesus are going to come to Christ. The people that you're praying for, the people that you worry about, maybe an aunt, maybe an uncle, maybe a grandparent, but you got somebody in your life that's not a Christian and you're worried about them, God is saying they're going to come to Christ. Listen to this quote, revival is no more an accident than a crop of wheat. Charles Finney said that. He's a pastor from the 1800s. Revival is no more an accident than a crop of wheat. What are you talking about? In 1948, Israel became a nation, and they hadn't been a nation in over 2,000 years, and it's a miracle. And Israel exists tonight because of the hand of God, and it happened in 1948. And from that day until now, don't miss this, more people have said yes to Jesus from 1948 to today than since the birth of Christ until 1948. Now, does that make sense? 
Okay, the 1,948 years from the birth of Jesus to the birth of Israel, more people have been saved since 48 to now than that 1,500 years combined. Listen, God is reaching people now more than he ever has before. And Chuck Pierce said, and the Word of God says that we're in a season of harvest. Listen, we have people coming to church every Sunday. We have visitors every Sunday. We have people filling out cards every Sunday. People are coming through the doors. They're coming Thursday. They're coming Sunday. And we don't know them. We've never seen them before. And they're streaming into our doors. And they're hearing the gospel. And they're saying yes to Jesus Christ. We are in harvest. Listen, if you've got somebody in your life that needs to get saved, if you've got somebody in your life that needs Jesus, Jesus, start praying for them. Invite them to church. I guarantee you they'll come, and I guarantee you this, they will say yes to Jesus. We are in a season of harvest. Let me show you three quick things, and we're going to stop. Pastor, how do I have harvest and revival in my family? Number one, pray. Pray for your family. Pray for your loved ones. Listen, my wife's dad is 92 years old, and he's not a Christian, and we're praying for him constantly that he'll find Christ and he won't die without Jesus. So pray. Number two is serve. Serve wherever you are. Serve in church. Serve in your job. Be a light wherever you go, and be a light for the cause of Christ and for the love of God wherever you are. So pray and serve. And then the last one is be faithful. Be faithful to the things of God. And then bless the city that you live in. Listen, I walk up in my edition nearly every morning, and as I come around by Mrs. Todd's house, right there on the corner of of my street, Apache, you can kind of see the whole community. And I always declare God's grace over Tulia. I declare God's grace over Swisher County. And I speak the blessings of God over our community and over our county. You need to be doing the same thing. Again, our mouth and our words have power. Instead of, you know, man, this is a terrible place, and I wish I wasn't here, and man, you know, this community's rampant with this crime or that crime. And No, no. God, I declare your grace over Tulia. I declare your grace over our community and our families and our homes and our churches and our businesses. God, your hand is on Tulia. Your hand is on Swisher County. Your hand, and you can expand that out. God, your hand is on West Texas. Your hand is on Texas. Your hand is on America. Declare the blessing of God where you live. It's only smart. It's only wise. Amen? God is pouring out harvest and revival. And we're seeing it right here. We're seeing it right here. I mean, folks, you know, we have 70, 80, 90, 100 kids a week in ground zero. You know, we have 80, 90 to 100 kids and volunteers and power kids. I mean, we're reaching kids. We're reaching teenagers. We took 63 men to men's retreat this last year. I'm believing, God, we're going to take 100. And then after that, I don't know what we're going to do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, where we have it right now, I don't know how many it'll hold, but we're going to have to figure it out. God's doing amazing things is the point. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up and let's pray. I so appreciate your patience and your faithfulness and for being here tonight. Listen, before we go, I just want to declare the goodness of God over your life. Father God, it's so good to be in your house. Lord, I want us to leave here refreshed, encouraged, and ministered to. That God, as we go through our day tomorrow, as we end our week on Friday, God, or whatever that looks like for us, your hand is on our lives. Your hand is on our jobs, our businesses, God, our families. 
Lord, we declare your grace over Tulia and Swisher County, over the surrounding area, God. Your grace is on our homes. God, as we go home tonight, we go home to a home of the grace of God. Father, I love you. I'm so glad that I know you. I'm so glad that I'm in your house. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said, amen. I love you. Y'all go and be blessed. I'm so glad to see you, and y'all have a good evening, and I'll see you next time.